Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Davey Hudson. I want to thank you for joining me today. Things are heating up. But before we dive into the action, I want to ask Do you believe in our Titans? Because I know I do. In a world without sports, so to speak, there still seems to be a lot of information that continues to come out surrounding the NFL. We'll roll right along and get into the three things you need to know that have happened for the Titans over the past week. Uh, Since the last time I spoke with you all, uh, coming in at number three, the Titans have signed defensive tackle Jack Crawford. Uh, Crawford comes over from the Atlanta Falcons. He's a veteran defensive tackle that was drafted in 2012 out of Penn State, and he has spent time with the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Falcons, and now with his fourth team in the Tennessee Titans. I have not seen the details on his contract, but if I had to speculate, I wouldn't believe it's anything more than one or two years. He is 31, so he's kind of getting up there in age a little bit. This move is coming as a result of the Titans trading away Jarrell Casey. They needed another body at the defensive tackle position uh, to back up Jeffrey Simmons, and they feel that Crawford is a guy who's been around the league. He understands what is to be expected, and the Titans will look for him to provide some valuable snaps on the defensive line. I mean, there's no question that when you're looking at a pure talent standpoint, it is definitely a step down from Jarrell Casey, but it is a nice replacement. Uh, Number two on the list, the Titans have re-signed the Titans have re-signed linebacker Camilla Correa. Correa was initially acquired via trade with the Baltimore Ravens. John Robinson made that move right before the 2018 season kicked off, and Correa has he's been a contributor. And so the Titans, uh, last I saw, the his deal is worth it's a one-year deal worth 3.5 million, and so he will be helping at the edge position. So right now for the Titans, they have. Harold Landry, Vic Beasley, and Correa. And that will transition me into number one for the things you need to know. And this, I think this one will be staying number one until we have a decision outside of whenever uh, the Titans make their first draft selection. But still no word on Jadavion Clowney and where he will be signing. So this one has been landing at the number one spot for a couple of weeks now. I don't know what to tell you, folks. Uh, and I mentioned it last week, his asking price has come down. That apparently brought a couple of more teams to the table as far as as far as far adding Clowney to their roster, but I didn't really see it being anybody that would be contenders. And again, he says he wants to win now. So if I'm a betting man, my money's either on the Titans or the Seahawks. Those are the two options, in my opinion. I will be shocked if he does not go to one of those two teams. I know at the end of last week I said, This week, we might be doing a uh, draft preview show, or we might do it the next week. What I want to do is I want to talk about how the coronavirus has impacted the Titans so far, and since we don't have a timetable on when things will be getting back to normal, if they'll be getting back to what we know is normal, we might be hitting hitting a new normal. But I I did, for this week's main topic, want to discuss how the coronavirus could be impacting the Titans and the NFL in general. Because next week and the week after, both shows will be draft preview shows that I'll get you right up to two weeks from now. That'll get you right up to the day before the first round takes place because the NFL has said that on April 23rd, which is a Thursday, the NFL draft will take place. But according to Tom Pelissero, who is a 
reporter for the NFL Network and NFL.com. He had this to say, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell just informed clubs in a memo that club facilities will remain closed indefinitely and the league will conduct a fully virtual draft with club personnel separately located in their homes. So I could think of several ways in which this could go wrong. And we'll get into it a little bit today. We'll get into some over the next couple of weeks as we kind of have more of an idea of how things are going to turn out. But we are in uncharted waters for how the draft will be taking place. I by no means expect them to go to this model full-time of where the draft will take place in a virtual setting. First, I'm just happy that we're having the draft. I, I'm glad that the NFL said, you know what, this is something we can do. We don't have to have all the lights put on a great show. Because again, the draft is going to be in Vegas this year. And I mean, talk about a city that's known for its showmanship, putting on a good time. The fact that that, that will not be taking place, but we at least... It might even be better this year, if we're being honest. I, I know you're not going to be able to see the fans' reaction to Roger Goodell as he first comes out and he gets booed. I know a lot of people look forward to that every year. You're not going to get to see the fan reactions after a puzzling draft choice or just getting to watch the players walk across the stage. I mean, I do feel bad that they're not going to experience that opportunity that all the other draftees have got to experience in the past. But as far as cutting that out and just getting the football components, I think this could work out nicely. Uh, I'm sure they will have everything back studio set up for where they're able to cut to all their their highlights and everything. If, if, if anything, they're going to be able to go even more over the top than they have in the past because they know how much of the show itself for the draft is being taken away. I was in Nashville last year when they had the draft come to Music City, and it was awesome. And so just trying to completely get out of that mindset of, all right, we got a show we got to put on for the fans. Now it's more of just a oh, fans in attendance. Now it's just for the fans at home. That's all they have to worry about. So I, I'm interested to kind of see if I like this more. I mean, the stories that should come out after the fact will be great. I, I can already imagine teams talking about how they're trying to set up a way to where Trades can still take place to where they might even have like a three or a four-way phone call to where that'll happen. But you just know some of these guys, not the best at handling technology. Surely they're going to have somebody there, but you know somebody's going to screw up at some point and it will be a talking point after the fact. Now, as it relates to the Titans, John Robinson, I feel confident in his ability. Surely he's a little bit more savvy when it comes to technology. So hopefully in that aspect, I feel good. Again, we got the 29th pick. And I know we'll have more coverage on the draft in the weeks to come. Outside of the draft, the coronavirus is having an impact on the NFL in a lot of other ways. It has changed how teams are have been able to conduct medical exams. And again, that could be a huge reason for why the Titans are a little iffy on Jadavion Clowney. Uh, he had that core muscle injury, had to have surgery to repair it. And again, like it's not just a Titans thing. Like This is an NFL thing as a whole for teams possibly being uneasy about signing a certain player just due to injury concerns. And you've also had that that be the case for just bringing in players to the facility just to see if they're a good fit. They've tried to do meetings through some sort of online webcam service, but it's still not the full thing. Is getting to meet somebody in person, getting to actually sit down and talk with them, even have them run through drills at the facility to make sure everything looks all right to the people making the decisions on signing these players to contracts. I've mentioned this on the show 
several times, but when we're looking at the Titans going forward into 2020, and I look at Ryan Tannehill last year and how really during the offseason, after he was traded to the Titans, he wasn't getting runs with the number ones, even in training camp early in the season, still playing back up to Mariota. Now, I figured with this offseason, obviously getting the run with the number ones, that'll be very helpful for him. Obviously, being able to build that chemistry is something you want to be able to have with with your guys. And so not having that, it's a setback. But again, everyone else is in the same position. If you're looking at where people left off at the end of last year, you got to feel confident that the Titans, if, if, if anyone's able to just kind of keep that going from an offensive standpoint, I mean, the Titans are one of those teams you look at and you're like, all right, they're returning all of their key pieces on the offensive end. And again, we don't know exactly how far in advance things are going to be cut short due to the coronavirus. When does when are the teams able to get back together? I mean, right now they're not the, the coaches aren't supposed to be overseeing workouts by the players. The NFL's put a lot of rules in place for how that all works out. And Monday would have been the first day for teams with new coaches that would have reported. So again, Mike Vrabel, he's going into his third year as the Titans head coach. Stability and structure for this organization is a lot better than a lot of other teams. But on the defensive side, I do have a little bit more concern there. Again, I still, I know I kind of harp on it, and I probably, I haven't done a great job of this, but it hasn't been official that Mike Vrabel will be the one calling the plays this season. I know I've been kind of dead set on that's likely what's going to happen because, I mean, if you don't name a defensive coordinator, the odds of you just turning that role over to a position coach is extremely, extremely unlikely. And if you if you watch his mentor, Bill Belichick, he's been in those situations where he's taken over the play calling, tried to do that. But again, I, I'm not crazy about that decision. You can have a coach be a good head coach, but not the best when it comes to being a coordinator. And if you go and you look at his time in Houston, people aren't going to just be like, wow, Mike Vrabel was a great defensive coordinator. He was he was all right. That's, that's the highest praise I will give him as an overall job for his defenses at his time in Houston. Now, I, I will say I thought there were times he was able to get players to play at a higher level than you normally saw. Like That's been my biggest point for him and Jadavion Clowney. Clowney's best year in, in Houston. Vrabel was the one calling the shots. He was the one that was moving Clowney all over the board like a chess piece. And so he's great in those those aspects of the job. But, I mean, he's he's my X factor for this team this year. Not Mike Vrabel, the head coach. Mike Vrabel, the defensive coordinator. So we'll see. And hopefully, you know, I'm not saying it's a given. Whenever you look at the Titans' strategy last year and really the year before, the goal has to been control the line of scrimmage, establish the running game, get a lead, eat the clock. When your defenses have been able to hold opponents to such a low scoring mark, I mean, we talked about Dean Pease, one of his best statistics at his time during Tennessee was points allowed per game. I, I mean, I'll just be straightforward. I don't see that being as good defensively this coming year as they, they were last year. But hopefully with you returning everything on the offensive side, they're able to just score a lot to where you don't necessarily need the Titans to be as great on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, you would like for them to be, but... Hell, as long as you score more points than the other team, doesn't really matter. So that's why, like, I just I have concern for Vrabel because, as a defensive coordinator, he didn't really give you a whole lot to be like, all right, 
I feel confident that him taking over is going to be great. I've talked about it on numerous occasions. Him taking over for play calling isn't what scares me the most. It's him possibly missing out on a key moment as it relates to a clock management decision or just a critical moment where I'd rather my coach have more of a CEO approach and not be so into just one side of the ball. And this is completely off topic, but I forgot to mention it earlier when talking about free agency. Titans have also been in talks with Logan Ryan. You know me, whenever it comes to the cornerback position, I thought Logan Ryan was the best player for the Titans last year. His ability to slide in and cover the slot, which is critical in today's game, is big. From a couple weeks ago, we talked about he didn't want to take less than $10 million, which is what he was at this past season from a salary standpoint. So uh, so with the Titans having a little over $23 million in cap space, I don't see a situation in which they sign Clowney and Ryan. I know I would love for that to be the case, but both guys would have to come down on their asking price. I just, I just don't see that happening. You also, John Robinson, when he discussed this, that he had been in talks with the representation for Clowney and Ryan. He said one of the things you also need to take into consideration is if somebody gets hurt during the season and you got to kind of go and make another move, you want to make sure you still have some cap space left to where you have the freedom to make something happen if things don't go according to plan. So that is uh, another news. So like I said, I'd I'd love to get both. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case, but at least give me one. I won't even be picky as to which one. Again, that's how much I value Logan Ryan. So with that being said, we are going to transition over into the Tighten Up Mailbag. So with that being said, transition over to the Tighten Up Mailbag. I think I got time for two questions today. I'll try to get through these pretty quickly. Uh, The first question comes from Elijah, and he says, Davey, who are you expecting to see the biggest amount of improvement from for the Titans this year? And if if I had to see somebody make the jump, I don't know why, but my mind is just going to the first round picks of 2017 in Corey Davis and Adoree Jackson. I'm not so worried about Corey. I know a lot of people were expecting him to make a bigger jump once Tannehill came in, and you didn't necessarily see him. A.J. Brown stole the show from a receiver position, but with teams looking to shut down Brown more this season, I think that might allow for Corey to have more options. But Adoree, that that's kind of my, my big one that I, I feel you need to have him really step up because you don't know if you're going to be able to get another decent cornerback. And with as much nickel or three cornerback sets that you see nowadays, you really need him to step up and be be a number one corner. You've seen flashes, but the consistency just has not been there. So I, I, I need to see Adoree make that next step. He's, he's, he's the guy I'm at least hopeful for makes the biggest jump. But if I had to give a guy of who I just think is going to take over next year and be the biggest difference, I'm going to say Rashawn Evans. I'm gonna, with his third year being in the program, I really expect to see him step up. And I just, I, w- I want to go more towards the defensive side of the ball because that's where I have the most question marks. I feel fine with the offense. So, Evans, I mean, this is going to be his defense. And with the new play caller taking over, I mean, you kind of need that on-field leadership. And you lose that with Jarrell Casey. So, and I know the linebacker position is usually the one you got calling the shots, but I feel fine with Kevin Byard over the top leading the secondary. So, yeah, can, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, my take is Rashawn Evans steps up and plays at a Pro Bowl level inside linebacker for the 2020 season. There's my hot take. That's what I'm going to go with. He's the most likely player to have the biggest jump from this past season to this coming season. And this next question comes from Tucker, and it kind of stays in line with us talking about how the coronavirus is impacting the NFL. But he writes, Davey, 
which AFC South rival do you think the coronavirus impacts the most as it relates to preparing for the upcoming season? My gut reaction is to just say the Colts. And it's crazy because I also think they are our biggest threat. But I'm, I'm going to stay with the Colts. I'm going to go with the Colts because of signing Phillip Rivers, introducing him to a new system, a new batch of offensive teammates. Really, every little bit of playing time that they're able to get together is beneficial, especially for someone who's been in the league as long as Rivers has and could probably pick up on things a lot faster when it comes to certain tendencies of his skill guys with him being in the league so long. So yeah, it's 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 definitely the the Colts I was thinking maybe with the Jaguars because I mean they they will be starting Gardner Minshew. This is his first season where he's going into it as the starter, but I mean he's at least familiar with the system. And I, I feel fine about the offense with Deshaun Watson. I mean he's a he's a playmaker. He knows what to do. They're still gonna put up points in Houston, even if I do feel like Bill O'Brien is tanking that roster. You always gotta think they got a chance with Deshaun Watson under the center. But yeah, Phillip Rivers not being able to have time to develop the chemistry with his players in Indianapolis, that'll be the the answer that I stick with. But Elijah Tucker, thank you all for sending in questions. You can send those if you want to be featured in the Tighten Up mailbag. You can send them to my email at dehudson11 at gmail.com or you can DM me on Twitter at Davey underscore Hudson. And that's going to do it for us today. As always, I appreciate you all tuning into the show. As always, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast, B-L-E-A-V. And if you want to follow along with me on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow me at Davey underscore Hudson. That's D-A-V-E-Y. I'm sure there'll be a lot of other crazy things happen this week, and I'll be here to talk with you next Wednesday about it. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Davey Hudson. Thank you again, and as always, tighten up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.